right, what's going on, everyone? Thanks so much for tuning in on this episode of the Retake Lounge. We have Jake Klotz with JK Reptiles joining us. We're really excited to bring you this interview. Um, before we go ahead and jump into that, I uh, just want to remind you guys um, to go ahead, like, subscribe, and comment on these videos on YouTube. And if you guys like to listen to the audio versions of all of these, go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Also, if you guys do want backseat access, want to join our Patreon, uh, we just got off a call with our awesome Patreon members. Um, we go live every other Friday and do a live Discord chat and provide kind of that backseat um, access that some of you might be wanting in the Retake Lounge. Um, Nathan, go ahead and kind of introduce US Arc and, and talk about that, and then we'll jump into this thing. Yeah, I just make sure, especially if you're looking to be in the retic community, you're also supporting US Arc if you're in the reptile community in general. Um, member numbers are more important than anything, so become a member first and foremost, and then just make sure you're helping out when need be and donating when you can. Awesome. Jake, man, nice to have you. I know we've talked about this interview for a while. It's been a while, yeah. I appreciate you guys having me on for sure. Yeah, yeah man, you're someone that I think both Lucas and myself have looked up to quite a bit in our uh, first couple of years of breeding. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, so, so um, I, I mean, we got a lot to uncover in terms of what we want to talk about with, with us having you on. Um, but if it's okay with you, I'd like for you to just kind of introduce yourself and, and talk about how long you've been doing this thing and and, you know, um, I, I know a lot of interview podcasts are how you got into it and everything. Yep, so go yep. on, go on and do that. Well, um, so I've been keeping reptiles since I was a little kid, four or five years old. Um, retic specifically, though, I got my first retic um, when I was about 14. I was uh, working with my dad, saved up money all summer and bought a tiger retic from uh, the local uh, reptile store, Chicago Reptile House, which uh, is owned by Brian Potter, who puts on NARBC. So... Bought a Tiger retake at 14, um, and then just kept working with my dad, and I bought more and more as time went on. I was probably shouldn't have. You know, I bought a ton of stuff, and, uh, yeah, I've been – I mean, I've had retakes basically from 14 till I was, like, 18, and then I sold all my snakes, and I kind of got into the car scene and was in that for a year or so, and then kind of got back into the snakes probably – probably 19 and then uh just it's been retakes ever since then so and i'm gonna be 38 here soon so yeah so it's been quite a while you, you said car scene mm-hmm. what yeah. cars like what were you, uh, what were like, you? I, we used to do a lot of the the street racing and you know i have a camaro that I've, I've had since high school and okay you know just uh yeah all that car shows and stuff like that so i got really heavy into that and met some met some really cool people and uh yeah, just all my extra funds went into that and didn't really have the time or energy for snakes. I, I was yep. just in love with the car stuff. And then uh, really, I still followed all the snake stuff back then. It was, you know, King Snake. There was uh, some of the forums, Constrictors forums, uh, Bob Clark's. Uh, so I still followed it. I just wasn't, uh, like, active. But, uh, yeah, I knew I was going to get back into it eventually. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I when I was growing up in Miami as a young kid, me and my brother – he had a group of friends. I've been around cars, mostly the JDM Japanese yeah. Yeah. Uh, cars, my whole life. So, so literally, just just you know, um, uh, Honda Civics, Nissans, yeah. Mazdas, those kind of things. Yeah, so I, I grew, 
I remember being like 11 years old and my brother taking me to my first street race and, and actually cops breaking it up and I was literally freaking out in the backseat yep. of a bo- of a boosted hatchback with 400 horsepower and a awesome. turbo in it. That's um, awesome. Yeah, it was good times, man. But yeah, that, that hobby... Um, it's very expensive. Man, it, very it'll expensive. drain your money real quick. Not, not like ours isn't, but yeah, that that's yeah, a whole nother I mean, level. It's, it's a whole, yeah. It's, I mean, I my Camaro, like I said, I've had it since high school, and uh, I haven't really driven it much in the last four or five years. My kid, my son is super into the cars, like super crazy into it. So the plan is to, have, I want to keep it and build it up for him, and you know, maybe do a that could be our project when he gets a little older and then high school. I figure by the time he's in high school, it's probably going to be all electric cars, and he'll be driving around in some badass Camaro so it should be uh should be cool so yeah that'd be fun. awesome but yeah literally just pissing everyone off stomping on the gas and just <laughs> uh, yeah but I'm, I like the JDM stuff too I'm a my dream is a Mark IV Supra that's like my all-time oh, I, that, one day one day I will own that car that's uh that's a goal of mine so I I still check every once in a while and there's one for sale over in California for 45k yeah, they're insane. I've actually there was a few times I contemplated selling all the snakes, just getting out of the snakes and just getting a car and doing the whole. <laughs> wouldn't have to worry about cleaning snakes and feeding snakes and doing the whole snake thing. Just have a nice car I can go cruise around and, and enjoy. It. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't do it though. I just can't get rid of the snakes. So for sure, for sure. How, how yeah, long... that that fun of the car I feel like would wear off pretty quick. The fun of the I snakes don't know. Is... I don't know. Thousand horsepower Supra, big turbo car. <laughs> fun car to be ripping around and I don't think that would ever get boring. So no. Okay, no. maybe it's just my uh, perspective. It would be no, the, the, sure. the, it's 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 the feeding and the stress with breeding and selling animals that gets people to want to get out of the hobby. It's it's the piling up tickets from cops that yeah, want to get yeah. you out of the hobby from cars. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. It's fun, um, so let me ask you, um, what, like, tell us a little bit about your first experience with with breeding. What year was that? What was your pairing? All that so good stuff. My what, very what made fir- you want to start breeding too? Yeah, man. I, I so I've ever since I was little, I I wanted to do. I always wanted to do the this be my job. Open a giant breeding facility. I mean, I have point like literal plans that I drew up of like my own breeding facility when I was like 12 or 13 and me and my I, the plan was me and my cousin were going to open it we wanted to do like a, a nerd type facility and have all sorts of crazy stuff it's somewhere in one of my one of my bins um but this is like I said 11 or 12 years old um but I've always been into the I just I love the aspect of of breeding at like animals in general and and just repro- reproducing them and um now, once I started figuring out or seeing all the stuff about different colors and mutations and you can make different stuff, I, it just, like, opened a whole new world to me. Um, I still remember watching Bob Clark when he hatched the first uh, albinos in, like, 99. And I remember sitting – I've told this story a bunch. I remember sitting at the local library watching online, like, a, 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 the hatch cam, I think is what he called it. And you'd see these little purple albinos or whatever albinos pop, you know, start pipping out and – was the coolest thing ever and from that moment especially i was like oh my god i gotta i have to do this at some point um it was it, it was the coolest thing every time i see bob or last time i saw him especially I, I reminded him of that i'm like i remember sitting for hours in front of this crappy webcam just to see a nose of an albino retic pop out when i was like <laughs> you know in my early teens or whatever it was and uh yeah it was neat it was an awesome experience just to see that and um my first clutch though was in 20 I think it was 2010 was the first clutch um that was my first year breeding so that it was uh it was a platinum tiger male that i bought from uh 
uh, Jim Gaspar. So I, I'm sure you guys know Gaspar, Jason Gaspar, his jamps mm-hmm. and all that. So um, Jim, Jason's dad, was uh, probably my biggest mentor in the hobby. Um, so I bought this male from him, and I bred it to one of his pure jamps. So that was my first breeding ever was a platinum tiger to a pure jamp female. Um, and then that same year I had I had pure Sula eggs that I ended up killing because I didn't know what I was doing. So my first year, those were my two clutches. Um, pure Sula, your first yeah. year. Yeah, yeah, it was my first year. It was a small, like it was like a 12-egg clutch. Um, the fir- the jamp clutch there, the 50% jamp clutch, pipped on like day 77, and I was all excited, whatever. So the Sulas got to like 77, and I, I cut them like an idiot, and they were they probably had two, three weeks left to go. But, uh, man, I still have pictures of the babies. They were... To this day, I've never seen a Sula prettier than than that baby. And then ever since then, it's it's evaded me. I cannot get it done. So it's one of those things. I think it's it's just yeah. But it's been a long time, man. Twenty ten. I want to say it was twenty ten. I wow. I, I want to ask you, and and I don't think anyone really knows the answer, or else we would be able to successfully breed Sulas more often. But Sulas are known as like the hardest locality of retics to breed out there. For those of you that don't, um, that, that didn't know that, um, I mean, Blake Graves within the last couple of years has produced, uh, uh, within the last few years has produced a couple of clutches, but time and time again, Sula's keep proving to be extremely difficult to successfully breed. And so I want to add, like, do you have any theories on, on why? So, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. So mine, when I did my breeding, the female I had was, a captive born female it was a a nota how female and he was like the last guy to produce them at that time um and i was after a, fem- a pair for a long time i finally tracked down this female and i picked her up and then a buddy of mine had a wild caught male so it was a wild caught male to a captive born female and i literally i put them in the first time they locked so i was like oh this is easy no problem like my first year breeding i got jamp a jamp female breeding which apparently is super hard to breed i got sula's breeding which was apparently never happened so i'm like this is not hard at all um <laughs> and uh you know i don't and i my, my my thought process was it was because for for some reason i thought the wild caught females just were having a hard time cycling for whatever reason and i thought oh as we get more captive born animals it should be easier um but i i don't believe that's like i mean i still don't think there's enough of them i i i have my own theories i think the banting stuff might be a little different you know i talked to nick uh Nick Berg about it. He he believes like we're we're not keeping them right. The Sulas, um, as far as I think, temperature gradient, uh, cage that, sizing, all that sort of stuff. Um, that that was kind of my theory. Um, I just because I, I have a Slayer female, mm-hmm. and I've done all the research that I can on Slayers, and Chris McVicker has been trying Slayers. Aubrey Pruitt before he right. sold his animals tried Slayers. Um, I mean, Garrett produced a Solaria clutch in 2020, like accidentally, like yeah. didn't even realize that she was even on eggs. Um, mm-hmm. And so Solaria's are also kind of in with that same region. And, and I agree. I think it's just, it has to come down to a temperature husbandry uh, issue that, that we're, yeah. we're, we're maybe generalizing to the other retics and, and not really paying like very close attention to their, their whatever it is that yeah, that's different. So and then I, I just had my, you know, my other, I had I've 1.2 pure um, Sula's, uh, Terry Wilkins lines out of his second clutch. And uh, the one female passed away. She, uh, she ended up getting egg bound and died, which was a complete bummer. So I was almost there. Um, 
But you know, I, I mean, I did keep her in the bottom of the, my uh, my stack of visions, so she was on the bottom, a little cooler. Um, I mean, I really had to put a lot of food into her to get her to cycle. And she she was a big snake. I think when she passed away, um, I want to say she was like sixteen, seven or so. I mean, so by Sula standards, not huge, but this is a good size animal. Um, but I mean, snake. I was I was putting some massive massive meals into her to get her to go. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know. So this year I have another of the other female that I have. Um, I'm keeping her a little cooler, um, feeding her big meals. I mean, she is an absolute animal when it comes to, to her pig. So she's putting on some crazy weight. I'm going to give it a shot again this year um, and see what happens. Hopefully I can hopefully I can get it done. But I don't know. I really don't know. It's, it's a tough one. I, I don't know what the secret is, honestly. And I'm sure, like, every year that you can't do it, you just want to do it even more the next year. Like, it's just one yeah. of those things you keep chasing. I've thought, I've gone in my head, you know, I've thought about, like, just getting rid of the project as much as I love it. It's, I would get rid of any snake I have for, for my perfect Sula in my mind, you know, if I could make it. Um, I, I, it's just, it's one of those things that's like a heartbreaker. I want it so bad and it will not happen or it, just, it has not happened for me. And I keep going back to that first clutch that I had. And that, that one baby, I'll have to send you guys a picture of it. It is, in my opinion, the perfect, it's got the perfect intertwined rope down its back. It's got the four dots on its head. It's got a big head. It's a, oh man, if that snake would have made it, that would have been like the pride of my collection. So um, it sucks. Was it only one egg that you got from no, that? No, so there was, so there was like, I think there was, like I said, 12 eggs total. They were giant. Okay. I mean, the eggs were huge. But um, some of them started to go bad. I think there was four when I cut them that had big babies in them. And like I said, they were just, I, I screwed up. I cut them too early. And uh, mm -hmm. I ended up, because they were alive when I cut them. But I did the whole Jay Brewer, popped the sack, and just totally screwed them up. So that was first year breeding mistake. So, yeah, what can you do? Yeah. You know, but different times now, I think there's more people doing it now where it's a little more people have oh yeah i mean that. back when i had my first clutch i i had all the help in the world but 10 12 years ago you didn't yeah. have the network of people that you have now or the ability that we have right now to network with each other so yeah this is a really great time for people who are really passionate about it to start getting into it absolutely you know but i, I i'm really pushing the crosses you know I, I have a lot of sula cross stuff here now um I have a couple 75% animals. I have a few, nice. quite a few 50%ers. Um, the 75s are awesome. They're small, but they both of them were, I had really hard times with them feeding, like when they were smaller. So they're not very big. But uh, the, the, I have a platy tiger, 75% Sula platy tiger. That's probably one of the prettiest platy tigers I've ever seen. And then uh, I have a 75% Sula tiger male, which is crazy looking. And then a 75% Sula platy female, which is really nice looking she's a chronic pusher no matter what i do she pushes non-stop all the time i feed the crap out of her she digests and instantly starts pushing again she's just never ends with her so um so on that subject our our last episode that we recorded was pushing what what is your general advice like you know my people? so i've only i've kind of recently started lowering temps on all my stuff i was very much 88 89 on the hot side you know set my, my everything's in my basement so my basement's a little cooler but my my cool side is still probably 72 73 or so on the cool side um but i've actually been dropping a lot of my temps on my bigger stuff to like 86 80 
you know, my like my blonde stuff, I keep cooler anyway. So like my big blonde tiger is like eighty five and a half. Just kind of been feeding them and seeing how they do, and it seems to be being a little more beneficial. Honestly, I, I don't see them roaming as much as they they have been or they used to. Um, you know, and actually, I forgot who was telling me about that. Just that they tried that and it worked. So I uh, I kind of followed suit. I, I'm not doing it on everything, but a few animals I'm trying it on, it, and it seems to it seems to be helping. So I don't know. We'll see. You know, six months, a year from now, if it, if it stays that way. Um, but as of right now, I, I feel like it's definitely definitely helping. Helping in terms of lowering those temps. Yeah, as far as lowering the temps. Yeah. And I mean, I will say, like, when I see something cruising or pushing real bad, I usually just I'll feed it. You know, if it's even if I just fed it a week or so ago, because I, I, you know, I was listening to your one podcast. I kind of follow what like the U, the UK guys do with the big meals and stuff. I'm I'm. Everyone knows I'm, I'm a big meal guy. I don't like to feed a bunch, but I'll feed when I feed. I, I feed, like, monster, giant food items. My, my, um, my turnates, I like to see them kind of tilted on their side yeah. after their meal. <laughs> my, my, so my big Let's blonde see. tiger, she'll eat 40-plus pounds of pigs in a feeding. You know, she's Man. huge. She's, she eats two, she'll eat two big 20, 25-pound, or maybe not 25-pound oh. pigs in a feeding. I mean, she's, she's huge. It's, it's crazy. But, I mean, she'll eat that five times a month or a year, four or five times a year. And that's it. So, um, but I'll do that too. If I see him pushing, I'll, I'll throw him an extra meal or something just to kind of help with that. So, so what I'm hearing is as far as pushing, lowering temps and, and giving them a big meal, letting them have that time to, to slow down. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Lower. I mean, yeah. like I said, we're going to see in a year, I, I've literally only been doing the lower, the lower temps for probably, month and a half or so maybe yeah um and it's only on a few few animals it's not the whole collection um can't really do it on the babies unfortunately you know with the racks it's just it's impossible so um yeah but yeah i I, i'm interested have you have you tried lowering the temps on the sulis i'm do i'm going i'm going to do that this season so my female still slamming the food so i think in the net we're still our temps here kind of goofy so you know, I usually, once it starts getting into the 60s, I, I crack a window down sit down here, get that cool air, and it usually helps with the females, start getting the females to cycle. Um, so I haven't lowered the temps yet. I'm going to uh, wait till it starts to get a little cooler out and, you know, keep putting a lot of food to her. Um, and hopefully it happens. Yeah, I, I, at least in the Superdorf community, a lot of people, and I, and here's the thing is, I don't even know if this is like a fact. I should probably like look at this and look at temperatures, but there's like this 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 idea out there that I've heard multiple times, and I can't even tell you who I heard it from, but that Superdorfs, um, the the from those those Lesser Sunda or or Bonneray Islands, those mm-hmm. lower chains in the south, that they are cooler, and so I've been keeping my Superdorfs when I when I was keeping a gradient temp 86, 88. Anytime I got above 88, pushing, pushing, pushing. Um, and so I'm 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 curious to see how that that works for you with because um, I mean, I, you know the, those chains are just south of Sulawesi, so I'm wondering mm-hmm. what that'll do for your 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 Sulawesi stuff. I hope it I hope it helps. I hope it helps. I am that's the one that's honestly if I ever can get viable healthy babies, I, I could never produce another snake, and I'd honestly be happy. So yeah, uh, it's just that's the one snake I'm dying to produce. So even with all the cool morphs, it's that's my my goal. My goal snake is a is a perfect perfect like the I like the Palopo stuff, you know, the real I like the dark eyes and all that. That's kind of my oh, yeah. my, my thing. So 
Um, something like that I'd really, really like, but yeah. If any of you guys are watching on YouTube right now and you know the secret to successfully breeding Sulawesi's, I'm talking to you, Blake. Comment below. Tell us what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah, no, but it's it's it's. I admire those that still chase that dream because the Sulawesi's are known as this like. I mean, when you think of a retic in the U.S. and everyone thinks of like this this giant beautiful big animal i mean the first locality most people talk about are are sulas that's like the legend yeah they're 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 awesome snakes man i've seen some monsters a buddy of mine who lived in wisconsin he he's really tight with uh gavin um his name was chad and he he had one of the biggest it's probably still the biggest retake i've ever seen a monster monster sulawesi um that he got from nerd many many years ago um it, it was the most beautiful snake I've ever seen, and just the colors on it. It was easily a 20-foot snake. It was massive. Um, but the colors and the, the head structure and the eyes and just everything about it was just... It, that's the snake that, like you said, it's 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 a legendary animal. That's yeah. what, you, what I think of when I think of a Sula is that exact animal. It was just on a different level. Yeah, so, something that would take twenty-five people or whatever to drape it, it, drape across. Yeah, it was humongous. I mean, he had it in a six thirty-two, which I mean, we me and him talked, and he was gonna get a, a big ten-foot Centec bill for it at the time, and he ended up selling it because the thing got out, and it could, it got out. It wasn't the friendliest. He said that it could. Oh my, sorry, my cat's freaking, freaking out. Uh, it got <laughs> out, and it was uh, it was like his room was small, like a twelve by twelve room or something like that, and it could literally strike at you and hit you from anywhere in the room. It was. <laughs> A humongous I animal. Yeah, it. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, it's a little scary. I mean, when we were there, we we didn't take her out, but like just looking at her, it's it's a very intimidating, very intimidating snake. I believe it, man. You know, so when when the head of an animal can literally like take up two of your hands, um, you you, you know you got it, something. I mean, and I've seen. I mean, I've seen. So Jay, uh, um, Jim Gaspar had a giant tiger retic that he, that was known for uh, Twiggy, huge, giant, twenty, probably twenty-one foot or so, giant snake. Um, I've been to Jay's and I've seen. Um, oh my God, I can't even think of the name. The big AML he had, Twinkie. I've seen Twinkie. I've held Twinkie. I, I'm not kidding. This Sula probably had that snake beat, in, not in weight, but definitely I think had that snake beat in length for sure. It was humongous animal. So. So. What what would be your largest retake at this point? Um, my blonde, my big blonde tiger female. She's last time I measured her, she was like nineteen foot eight, nineteen foot six, I think, something like that. This was a year ago. So she's I mean, she's probably hundred and fifty ish pounds, hundred and sixty wow. pounds. She's so, she's she's like that. I and and did you have did you have kids the entire time that you you had this retic and no, like, I mean, been going through this. So I mean, I've had my 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 son is five and my daughter is uh, two and a half. So I mean, I, I had that, I got that retic. Um, man, I I don't even know. She I've had her ten years, eleven years, I think now at this point. But she's a puppy. I mean, she is probably one of the friendliest snakes that I, I own. Love I'm that. not even kidding. Um, my and my kids are they come down and I mean we we play with the snakes and I mean I pull out some of the I've actually pulled her out before and I mean. Obviously, we have, you know, they don't touch the head, they don't go in front of her, all that sort of stuff, but they uh, they absolutely love the big snakes, and like I said, I, I work, like we were talking before, I work with kids, so I do do, um, like, snake shows at my work, so I've brought brought her when she was smaller, um, 
And I just, I physically cannot get her out of my basement by myself anymore. I wanted to bring her to Tinley in October. Um, and I was trying, but there was just no possible. I, I tried, I put her in her tote, a big tote, and I couldn't, I physically could not get her up the stairs. Um, so... <laughs> It's she's a back just, injury waiting to happen. It, she's too big. She's just too big and too massive. But her head is as big as my hand. I mean, it's it's a big, can, big thing. I, can, I, I want to throw out respect to you and other people that keep these large retics because I, I've been keeping retics for a little less than five years now. And a lot of my stuff is is working with the the, the smaller and medium sized localities. But um, I was just sent over for a partnership breeding a mainland tiger female that's seven years old. Mm-hmm. She's only about twelve and a half feet or so, and that's an eyeball measurement. And she's yeah. about 50, she's about fifty pounds. Um, and and let me tell you, like she's a complete sweetheart. I love the disposition of mainlands, man. They're they're amazing. But but let me tell you, man, when I need to get her in a tub if she doesn't want to go in that tub guess what she's not going in that tub (laughs) like so so for you guys to be working with animals that are 100 plus pounds man i i don't think i could do it it's a lot of work i don't think i could do it i mean that's the thing is i've been doing it so long i don't know i i don't know any other way that's why i mean i've been doing snakes since i before i met my wife and that's she's like Without the animals, I don't know what I would do with all this extra time I would have. Because it's <laughs> come home from work, I clean snakes five, six hours a night, and that's every night, every night yeah. almost. Weekends, um, and I mean, a, a almost twenty foot snake with forty pounds of pig—that's a huge mess to clean up. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's when, why... when my ten foot super dwarf is putting out the the poops that are rivaling Great Danes, I could only imagine. It's uh, it's a lot, man. That's why I only feed though. That's why I like feeding that those big meals because, like I said, it's only six times a year maybe yeah. you know so yeah. it's yeah do it once a month or once every other month it's not so terrible yeah. um and and it's it's actually a, a point so like my largest snake right now is my pure Soleil or female she's 14 feet um and she the thing is at 14 feet and and this is where people are like you know Soleilers still get 14 15 feet they're not doors but what a lot of people aren't realizing is that my 14 foot Soleilers 35 pounds yeah. Yeah. versus versus a mainland Who's, right. who's 14, 15 feet, but they're 100 plus pounds. Yeah. A lot of well, people don't realize ag- the girth. S- super agile, too, though. But that 35 pound, that 35 pound stank is, that moves her. That's like the jamp. So, like, my jamp, uh, she was like 15 foot when I got rid of her. And she wasn't, like, super huge, like, girth wise. But, man, that snake moved. That snake was probably the hardest snake to move and handle. She just, it was, it was a workout. That was actually part of the reason why I got rid of her. It was just, she was kind of being. She had her first clutch, and she kind of wasn't the friendliest after that. Um, and just she was just so much to handle, and I just couldn't do. I just I I'm done and over with the mean snakes in my collection at that point, and I just I don't want anything that I can't really handle or, or, or take out. So it was time for her to go. So traded her off. But yeah, my my Slayer, she's she's normally easy to work with, but she has her days. And man, with her her length and her leanness. Um, I, she'll kick my ass any day of the yeah, week. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, yeah, she'll she'll put me in my place if she's in a bad mood. Yeah, they easily can do that for sure. The Sulas are like that. They'll buck you. And like my one girl I have now, if she don't want to be messed with, man, it's it's she'll slam your ca- your hand up into the top of the cage, or it's <laughs> yeah, you know, not to mess with them then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a girl that you go in there sometimes if she doesn't want to be messed with, you throw the hook on her on her back and she'll throw it to the top of the cage. She's yeah. like, all right. Yep. 
Yeah, still I had coming a girl, out, but it's going to be a little bit more obnoxious. I had a girl do that. She bucked and she hit the hook into the glass and shattered one of the panes of glass. Oh, <laughs> so hard. No. And that was a bummer because I didn't have a replacement glass I, at the time. So yeah, oh. I've never, I've so, never so had so that. What, what'd you do in that situation? I actually had an, I had an empty cage, so I ended up moving her okay. to, to a different cage. Yeah. But, I mean, she was not in a good mood, so it was fun moving her into into a, yeah. a different cage, but. Yeah, that, so now I try to always keep two or three extra panes of every size um, around just for that reasoning. I, that's actually, yeah, that, exactly. If you guys are listening in, like, literally, I, 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 I it's so, I had that happen to me recently, glass breaking and everything, and I was fortunate enough that I had a, I have a very large ARS rack, those five and mm-hmm. a half foot racks that I was able to, to put my Wildcat Kalatoa in. If I didn't have that rack and I didn't have an extra enclosure, like I, I didn't think about like the the actual consequence of that. So if you you guys listening, definitely take that advice. Get at least one extra cage. Mm-hmm. At least, yeah, it definitely it definitely helps. You know, I mean, I have an empty. You see right here, I have an empty cage or stuff in it, but I have it in case something were to happen and I needed it. You know, yeah, it's sitting there. So, um. Let, let me ask you this. So, like, when I think of, like, Jake Klotz, JK Reptiles, like, obviously the, the quality of your animals come to mind. I love seeing you post um, pictures of your animals. You have a, that beautiful blue hypo that I tried for the last year and a half to get you to sell to me. Um, I, I've, I've also just your anthrax stuff is great. Um, but but also, like, yep. what, I, what I see when I think of Jake is, like, family man. Because I... I try. I try. That's... It's awesome. I love I love the kids, man. I, like I said, I work with kids, wanted kids my whole life. You know, we finally had kids, and it's like the greatest, Isn't the greatest it? thing in the world is having these these kids. It's I wanted more. My wife said absolutely not, no more kids. Yeah. We have two, and it was my both my kids were huge. My son was uh, ten pounds three ounces at birth, and my daughter was yeah, my daughter was nine pounds. Like I think she, I want to say she was like nine two or nine three. My son was humongous. Giant. I need to shake your wife's hand and just she, like he's <laughs> that amazing. hygiene I mean, in the Klotz family runs strong. My wife, my wife is like five ten, five eleven. Her dad is okay. six four, six okay. five. I mean, I'm six six. I mean, so it's, yeah, he's gonna be. He's already. I mean, he's in preschool now, and he's he's a foot taller than all the other kids. I mean, he looks like he's like seven or eight years old, and he's just turned five. So yeah. If, if these if these monster kids ever need baseball lessons, hit me up. Man, he's he's be, into he's basketball right now. I'll, I'll, I'll be their agent. Yeah, I'm trying to get him to do football. We we're actually doing flag football right now for him, but he he's, he likes basketball, so I'll take that. Something do do something with them. So for me, when I was when my wife was pregnant, I was seeing a lot of you posting your videos on on cutting eggs, mm-hmm. pulling eggs with your son. Yep. And it was literally one of the most like heartwarming things. This is me getting ready for a kid. And I was just so, so excited at that time to have my first kid. And seeing you do that was, was like, I was like, man, that that's it right there. That's like the next generation. You're raising the next generation. You're getting them interested. And now like fast forward into my daughter's almost two. Um, she, she'll run to the, I have my snakes in my garage and, and, and she'll run to the garage door pat and she'll go nake, nake, nake. Right. And so like, I'll, I'll bring her in and she points and she looks and it's, so I want to hear like, what did you do to start acclimating your, your kids into, because I keep, I keep small snakes, man. You, Mm -hmm. you have big snakes. So what did you do? 
I mean, I'll be like with the big snakes, it, it took some time. Um, but I mean, the little ones, it was trial by fire. We went down like as soon as they could kind of walk and kind of understand what was going on. It was come down, pull them out. Here you go, check them out. They pet them and stuff. And it took a few times, and then they're kind of let's hold them. And I mean, my son obviously, I, I've done more with him just with him being older. But um, yeah, I mean, he he'll hold them and stuff. Like he he still gets nervous around the big stuff, which I mean is completely understandable. I get um, nervous. Yeah, I mean it's understandable. So, I mean, I mean he he's he he likes them. My actually, my daughter is more into the, she's more into the animals than than my son is. Like he's cool with it. And he likes. It. I think it's just because it's my thing. He's he wants to hang out with dad and come down and he's all excited because I have my that anthrax clutch due to hatch in like the next week. So he's like, Daddy, we're gonna do it. Uh, can we cut the eggs? I'm like, Yeah, we're gonna cut them in a week or so. And he's like all excited. So. um but again, I think that's just because it's my thing. But uh, yeah, it was just kind of like bring them down, let them see the snakes, let them see all the colors, let them pet them, let them hold them. Um, I mean, and if they, if he wanted nothing to do with it, that would have been the end of it. But he 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 liked it and is into it. My daughter is the same way. Um, we haven't done anything recently just because life's been too hectic. But uh, like I said, we're gonna do the egg cutting here soon and and hopefully some more egg pulling videos. So. I said, get, how, get her out there. Let her let her start messing with them. You know. I was gonna say, how old's your daughter? She's two and a half. Two and a half. Okay, so that so, that's close, okay. close, close to mine. And, and... She, we put. I'll put the little babies or like you know the little like you know, a couple month old babies around her neck, and she's all like, oh no, like I don't want to drop it, but she's all she loves it. That's awesome. well, it's just me, and I only have the nieces. But now that's making me because I have one that's super into the snakes and loves to come in and yeah. check them out. But now I'm thinking it's time to bring her in, start playing with the small stuff, and I I say try as to get early her into as, it. as early as I mean, I would bring my son down here when he was a baby. He couldn't even walk. He was months old, and I have, I mean, I'd bring him down here and we I'd hold him, and he's looking in the cages, and I mean, I'd have these big retics like would fly up to the glass, and they're looking at him, and tongues going, and he's just like looking, like what is that? I mean, I have pictures of him at the his first NARBC. I think he was like, I think he was like six months old, and he's like sat on an alligator and stuff. And you Man. know, it's just got. I just wanted to get him exposed as much as possible, as quick as possible. Um, I, like I said, if he's not in, if they're not into it, it's cool. At least they'll understand like these aren't anything to be afraid of. You know, and if they're not cool with them, then that's that it is. It's fine. Um, but they actually, I think they both like my monitor more than the snakes to be honest with you they both think the monitor is like the coolest thing they call them a, they call them a, di- a baby dinosaur they, they, just, they really are they cannot get enough of that, that i desert. i i haven't gotten monitors for that reason i feel like once i get my first like few even small monitors i feel like i'm gonna sell all my snakes and just uh, get monitors i don't know i don't know i i'm a snake guy I, the lizard's cool and i like it but i i i don't know if i like them i like the snakes man the snakes are so cool <laughs> Yeah, I want a couple monitors, like a couple tree monitors or something like that. But I, I don't foresee it becoming my thing. I foresee the, the super dwarfs always kind of being the passion of mine. I, I settled for a water. I my heart is on a. I want a crack monitor. That's been. Oh yeah, I, that's that's, that's been, the pinnacle. Oh, if you I, like monitors, who wouldn't want? One yeah, I've, I've wanted one forever. Probably as long as I've kept retics, and I've had numerous opportunities to buy them, and I never did. And it's just. I, I would it's it's a pinnacle animal for me and i will own one one day as well it's just uh it's not the right time maybe when my kids are older and i have maybe not so many snakes and, and not so focused on the snakes and i have more time but it's uh but it's it's uh i don't know it's 
there's nothing. I don't think there's anything cooler that you could own, honestly, than a, a crack monitor. I mean, other than that, it's probably a Komodo. But at that point, you're you're a little crazy. <laughs> I think the Crocs are cooler, honestly. I, I've got to interact with some big ones, and they are. I've never. I, I've. I mean, I've been raised around animals. My family rehabbed animals when I was a kid, so I had all sorts of weird stuff when I was growing up, and and, and I've been exposed to a lot of the different stuff. Never really been scared of an animal. I would that first time I got to hold a big Croc monitor. I was. Outside, I looked okay, but I was terrified inside because I just, I know, <laughs> I, I knew what kind of damage these things could do. And I mean, I'm holding it like a baby and it was They're super friendly. Their teeth razor sharp. And it, yeah, its head was like right by my throat and I could feel its tongue going. Oh. I'm just thinking to myself, if this thing were to bite me, for whatever reason. In the reason, neck, you're dead. I, the chance that I survive is, is slim and I've, I've never been more scared, but it was, after I left, I thought it was the coolest experience I've ever had with an animal. So, yeah, one day, one day. I agree. I, I still need to interact with a croc. I haven't. I got to, at, at the February NARBC, got to hold a water monitor. That was one of the coolest things I've ever experienced. And the only reason why I've been reserved on getting any monitor, even things like Aki's. I think I was going to start with uh, a trio of Aki's. Um, but it's just because they're animals that need daily routine and attention. They're, and, and that's the beautiful thing about snakes. It's It's... You know, clean a few times a week. You feed once every week, and then every yeah. couple weeks, and then every three weeks you can feed. And but with with monitors, if you don't if you don't spend time with them daily, you you pay for it. You end up having a nervous animal that hates you and wants to bite you. Yeah, it's it's a ton of work, man. It, it's like I I almost not regret it, but I'm like, man, I just it's a lot of time spent on that one animal when I have all these other animals that still need attention. So it's like. I almost kind of wish I would have waited a little longer and maybe slimmed down my collection a little bit and then got the lizard. I mean, we're making do. I mean, he's uh, he's he was really flighty when I got him, um, and it was a lot of, like, leaving him alone. I've talked to a lot of the monitor guys, but uh, a lot of leaving him alone, and now he's starting to come around. But, uh, man, it's like you said, it's water changes every day, feeding every, like, other day just constantly cleaning his cage out and i'm actually getting ready to build him a cage he's in this big vision right here but i'm getting ready to build him something here soon um but yeah it's a lot of work it's a lot it's like a dog it's like having a dog almost so yeah it's uh yeah 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 but extreme I, i'd say probably more rewarding than a dog in a lot of ways it, it's when he's out and i can pull him out and he's crawling on you and you're scratching him under the chin and he's closing his eyes it's it's it is a pretty cool experience. For it's sure. literally it's literally petting a dinosaur. I don't think people realize it, that they are not that far removed. It really is. It really is. I mean, I, I'm like I said, I'm I'm tight. I got him from Shane, and me and Shane are super close. I mean, I go to his house all the time, and you go in there and you see his his monitor room, and it's these big cages with these big lizards, and they're all decorated nice with branches and leaves and these big pools, and it's it's a pretty cool thing to walk into and see. Like, man, it's it's like a bunch of dinosaurs sitting here. The snakes are awesome, but man, it it is it's totally different with the with the lizards. Yeah, yeah. But I love my snakes. Let let me ask you this: going back on the conversation in regards to your kiddos, um, so you're going to end up running into teenagers who sometimes don't like to follow rules and all these different things. I'm curious if you've even had the thought in your mind of what you're going to be implementing about like the reptile room, those kind of things. Because like, I I think in the back of my mind, like if my, my daughter in her teenage years decided she wanted to have friends over and the snakes were in the garage and they were having a sleepover, I'm passed out upstairs. I'm not hearing anything. If they want to be idiots and like go in the snake room, 
while I'm not there. Right. Um, so, so like talk about kind of how you educate your kids on safety and those kind of things and like anything that you might plan to do when they get older, just to have that extra sense of security. So, That's I mean, my, question. yeah, that is my, uh, I mean, I'm hoping by that time I'm going to have these things in a separate building. That's the, that's the end goal is I want a separate snake building facility or attach, you know, attachment on my garage, something, something, you know, something like that, um, that I can have a key code or whatever, some way where they cannot get in. Um, but I think on the other side, I, you know, I think a lot of it, like I said, is just exposure, getting them exposed to the animals and teaching them, you know, they're not toys. It's not something to screw around with. They act, they can be dangerous. You know, it's kind of the same as like guns. I feel like you got to expose them as oh, yeah. I, I feel, and I, I, I hunt, I have guns. So my kids are exposed. You know, I've talked about guns. We, we, uh, not, they're not shooting guns, obviously, but, um, it's just, I think exposure and getting them used to the stuff and, and, explaining to them that they're not toys and it's serious consequences if you were to go down there and something happens and you know not to give into the peer pressure because i'm sure it would be all you know their friends oh let's go see your dad's snakes or this or that and you know god forbid you know whole i mean it's at the end of the day i can only control so much too you know so i can't stop a kid if you know my kids don't want to go down there and a kid goes down there um without without them i mean what can i do i mean i could put my own locks on the door people I've thought about doing that, like pin uh, pin codes on my my doors now, but they don't go down here now. But um, I don't know. A lot's going to have to change when I, or a lot is going to change once they get older. We're looking for new houses and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But I think the biggest thing is just exposure and education on on the animals. You know. Yeah. Well, and I, I think about myself as a kid, and you know, if there was somewhere I couldn't get into or wasn't supposed to get into. I would I would pretty easily find a way, right. and exactly. kids are pretty smart. They're they're going to find a way yeah. if they really really want to. So absolutely, I think that education on just you yeah. know what what the consequences are is huge. Yeah. Me me being a therapist and I I work with a lot of kids and teens. I so so these are kids and teens that typically parents are bringing in with behavioral issues. Right. And so my my perception of kids and teens from my work is always expect the absolute worst that you absolutely, absolutely can. <laughs> No, I agree, hundred percent. You know, it's, but I do think, yeah, like you said, the exposure and stuff is, is. I don't think you can do anything better than that, really. I mean, minus just like locking them out and not giving them any access, but um, yeah, which obviously you want to do as well. But kids will be kids too, though. Yeah. So I, yeah, and I mean, for myself, I've thought about like in the future. Um, you know, if they're in the same building as like my house, like in the garage or something is actually having a lock to that door, whether it's a key lock or, or a code lock that you can switch over or, um, doing that. Um, I, I think you mentioned that and I think that's a good idea just for them to not even gain access to that. But, but I think specifically working with retics, I think you're right on the point with exposure and education, because I think if they're just in the room, long enough with you as a kid growing up before their their rebellious teenage years they're probably every once in a while gonna see that like yeah i probably shouldn't try to pull this type of snake out right well, so, it, it, so like funny so my i have a nephew he's what is he he's like eight or nine years old and he he doesn't live in the state so he only comes down every once in a while but he's like he's scared of the snakes but he's like super intrigued by the snakes. so he, he was down visiting and we came downstairs and my son was down here 
and uh, my son was telling my nephew, his, my nephew's name is Johnny, he goes, Johnny, he goes, you don't touch the snakes, you have to use this, and he shows him a snake hook. She's like, you have to use this first before you can touch them, and you can't reach in or they'll bite you. So, I mean, he's already learning, like, not, obviously I don't want him going down here doing it, but he knows, like, not to just reach in, the snake will bite you, stuff like that, um, which is kind of cool, which I was did not think he picked up on any of that, but obviously he's, he's learning and figuring it out, so... Um, pretty, I don't know, I just thought that was super cool that he's kind of educating somebody on it too, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, that I mean, it, it all comes down to education. And the beautiful part about what I've seen that you've done in your videos with your kids is it's still in this, like, loving dad way. You're like, ah, be careful, be careful, don't touch the head or, or you know, don't don't yank or don't grab and, and – and again, um, I, I'm going to post, uh, you know, in the description, we'll have um, Jake's Instagram handles, his his Facebook handle. Um, I really recommend that you try to scroll through down, and I'll even see if we can try to cut a clip in here um, of, of you uh, cutting a clutch. Um, there's just one video that really just, like, is in great. Because, again, it was yeah. while my wife was pregnant, and I was like, man, this is what it's about. Um, and so um, – like just the way that you talk to your kids and not shame your kids when they do something that, 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 you know, that when they're a little too aggressive or, or yeah. a little too impulsive to just reach in and grab the way that you respond has been, been phenomenal. Um, how has your wife been with all this? She's not a snake person. She does Neither not is care. Mine. She does and, not care for the snakes in all honesty. Um, you know, when we started dating, I had a few snakes, and, uh, you know, she's like, oh, okay, he has snakes. And I think I had maybe a handful, nine or ten at the time. Um, and I, I I don't think she really understood what I wanted it to turn into. Like, I had my dreams of what I wanted, right? And I don't think she really, she really saw that. So, like, it's slowly, I mean, she's supportive, and, I mean, she, she, She's supportive in my hobby, and it makes me happy. And, I mean, there's worse things I could be out doing, right? So, um, but I think she would like them better, especially if they were out of our house. You know, that's the <laughs> biggest thing is, you know, we go on vacation for a week, and we come home, and, I, you know, I have to time everything. I don't feed anything before we leave for a week or two at least. Um, but, you know, something's going to pee or poo. It always happens. We come home. It's in the basement. My furnace is down here, so the, so the furnace kicks on. That smell goes upstairs. That's the biggest thing she hates. It's just they if I'm if I'm not on top of my cleaning for a few days, it just the house stinks like stinks. So, yep, that's the biggest thing for her. I think is just that. So that's my that's why I said my goal is I want to get them out of the house. I mean, I want them out of the house as well. I think it would just make life better. Period. Um, but I mean. Like I said, all things considered, she's supportive. She comes to the shows when she can. She shares all my stuff. She talks about, you know, all of her friends always ask her snake questions. And she knows she's somewhat knowledgeable. And, you know, so that's, I guess, all I could really hope for, you know. So, um, I, I mean, I, I, I relate to that. I had my snakes inside my house. Now they're in my garage. And so... Very rarely, if you pass by the garage opening, you'll smell something. That's only if someone just recently, like if they crap in water or pee in water, is when you can yeah. kind of smell through that door. But yeah, it was the same. Like I, in order to convince my wife to breed these, so number one, took me two, three years to convince her to even buy like my first snake, and I knew I wanted super door free ticks when I got mm -hmm. back into snakes. Um, so she finally said yes, and then literally like a year and a half after I got my first snake. <laughs> 
I write a five six business proposal page on on breeding these animals, um, and I literally still have the rough draft of that that breed that that business proposal to her <laughs> to show awesome. her that that this could be profitable, and and she is so supportive, man. But but at the end of the day, um, I, I I I just I relate to you in the sense of like she's not a snake person, she's not a reptile person, she tolerates me. Yeah. Um, I I find myself like wanting to talk to her about them, and I bite my tongue because I'm like she's gonna punch me in the face if I keep going. Um, <laughs> that's I mean that's exactly how it is. I mean we'll be out to dinner and I'll be getting texts or phone call. I try not to do phone calls, but I'll get a text, you know, about an animal or something, and it's you know I, I gotta respond, you know I have to I got that customer service, you know I gotta help out or whatever. You know, so that gets annoying, and I try not to do that. As, as but I always, I, I fall into it. It just, it always happens. And I mean, you guys know how it is. It snakes twenty four seven. So I mean, I, yeah. hey, I got this new clutch coming. Oh, do you want to see this new baby? It's a world's first. Or hey, check this snake out. Look at it. You know, and she, she supports it. And and like you said, she she'll, to a T. You know, and then it's it's kind of okay. That's enough snake talk. Or that I don't want to hear about snakes. Or I don't want to hear about this. Or. But she's also, she's not an animal person either. Like, she's not really into the, she had cats and stuff growing up. So, like, I just got a dog recently. She's not, she never had a dog. So, and of course, we had, I got a Great Dane. So, it's like the biggest dog I could possibly get. So, she's not happy about a giant dog, giant snakes. I mean, everything in my life I have to do big, right? I got to have the big, biggest of everything, I feel like. So, um, but that's life. I'm I, I'm almost curious to like I, I, for for me in the stance of like having a family and and having all these snakes and and for the outsiders looking in even my superdorf stuff are are huge animals right yeah um so like what what whiplash have you had from like family friends or the community or like I don't know if you played in like a men's softball league or whatever the case may be but like what what's some of the whiplash or some of the comments and some of those things that people make and how do you handle those situations in terms of like keeping kids and having 150 pound snakes at your house I mean I'll be honest a lot of a lot of people I know are, are super supportive I mean they know I'm knowledgeable and I'm not you know it's something that I've been involved in pretty much my whole life uh, I haven't really got too much negative negative feedback really um Obviously, you know, like my in-laws, because they're a little more nervous because they don't, they're not around the animals or see the animals. So, of course, it could be, oh, my, my grandkids are around these giant animals. Don't let them get out, this or that. And, you know, I try to educate them the best I can. But, like, all my coworkers, like, they know that I'm, I, I know my stuff. And, I mean, I don't know. I really haven't had too much negative, negative reactions, honestly, or feedback, I guess you'd say. Nathan, have you had any, like, I mean, you had your neighbor, you know, call the cops on you because really? you were keep because you were keeping a crocodile. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no crocodilians or alligators are allowed here oh, in, the, in the state of Utah. Uh, no, we, we had just like a little kiddie pool hanging out in the, the front yard being, you know, just a little white trash summer kind of thing. And uh, you we we thought about having the snakes out there, but usually they're just cruising the the grass. And uh, I guess uh, one of our neighbors next door, this old lady who uh, just recently passed away, um, she she ended up calling animal control on us. I oh think a total of five times. Uh, 
but jokes on her uh the lead animal control guy he's a, a garter snake breeder um and you know he he came over and had a little calming conversation with our neighbor and then he came over to my house parked his truck in front of of her house and uh he played with some snakes for a while <laughs> that's awesome that's very cool you know yeah. this house this house where i'm at now i've only lived here seven years or so so like i don't i know the neighbors but i don't take any of the snakes outside let them cruise around in the grass or stuff like that just my neighbor i made a comment before about oh yeah i have snakes and i didn't i kind of left it at that he didn't ask i didn't say much more than that um Mm -hmm. but my previous um house where i lived in the town i lived in where i lived my whole life i mean everybody knew i had snakes the police knew i had snakes i had friends that are police officers that would come over and hey let's we got this new guy we want let's show him the snakes or this or that and you know they'd have issues where people oh there's a rattlesnake in my basement they'd call me and i'd go check it out and it was you know so like everybody i'm the weird reptile guy that everybody knows you know so it was we we have a a a facebook community for our hoa area and 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 i i see people all the time just like careful this time of the year and snakes and they're showing pictures of snakes with their heads cut off because they shovel them and i've put out the all the time i've made posts reach out to me like i've put my number on there I put where I live on there because these are all people within the same neighborhood. And I'm like, call me like anytime, day or night. And, and still, yeah, I haven't. And I still see people doing that. But it, it's too much it's, work for them. Too much work. Right. Just, just, just to say, like, hey, I see a snake and you come over, right? Yeah. Too much work. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, um, I haven't had it as bad as Nathan did in that circumstance. But like in my HOA, like I go through all the, by the way, HOAs suck. I wish yeah, I never moved yeah. here. Nope, never um, gonna happen here. Nope. No, I, I, I cannot wait. Like I've already, my wife is like, we just moved here like a year ago, and I'm like, yeah, and I'm already planning buying property, getting the hell away from here, like, um, but, but yeah, so like, in my HOA, it doesn't say that you can't keep snakes. Doesn't say that you can't keep certain. All it says is that you can't keep like livestock animals. So like, you know, farm animals. So, right. but what, but what it does say is that if you have a pet, that is a nuisance and you have multiple complaints, they can ask you to remove them. And so I've always been kind of nervous about having my snakes out, even in my backyard, because I live, I have like a quarter acre in my backyard, Mm -hmm. but I have three houses around me that are two stories. So if any of them are on the second story, they can see right into my backyard. Um, So I, I actually like, I took the plunge with like one neighbor first, test the waters. We like, we were just talking, we, we were doing, redoing the fence. And, 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 and I asked him, I said, Hey, I, I, I want to be honest with you. I wanted to let you know, like I keep snakes. Um, and, and just wanted to, to see like, if I had them in the backyard, would that bother you? And he's like, Oh no, not at all. Blah, blah. He's like, what kind of snakes? And he was curious and interested. So I was like, all right, that went well. Let me ask my, my next backdoor neighbor, ask them kind of that same response. They were a little bit more like weary and they're like, yeah, as yeah. long as they don't escape. And I was like, no, they won't escape. They're, they're good. Even if they get out of their cage, they're in my garage. They're not going anywhere. Right. Um, so, so so far it's 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 worked out. But um, I, I will say with like, I've had pictures of that that my wife has posted on her story on Instagram or that I'll post of my daughter like touching one of the snakes and and or like Elise will will post a picture on her story of her uh, of like holding one of the snakes and 
she gets questions all the times of like, you're not worried that snake's gonna get out and eat yeah. your daughter? Yeah. And, 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 and fortunately, because I talk so much about snakes and ramble on and annoy the crap out of her, she knows how to respond to those questions. Right. Of, of like, no, that, you know, that, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, I've gotten some, some whiplash from friends and things of, there's always that question of like, oh, you have a baby. You're not scared. It's going to eat your baby. And it's like, eh, I kind of want to punch you in the throat for asking that. But <laughs> right, you know, right. now, now that we're on the topic, let me educate your dumb ass. And well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, mo like I said, most people are super, like, they're like super intrigued. It's, a, it's always a million questions, you know, like friends of mine will like introduce me to their friends and they're like oh yeah he keeps snakes and you keep snakes what kind and then of course i gotta pull out the phone and check this out and they're like what is that like that's a snake like i'll show them a cow or i'll show them now that's they're a like, dragon what? and they're like what the hell like that is the crazy i'm like yeah and then it's just it turns into a big thing and then of course i end up talking about snakes all night when we're at a party or whatever you know so it's just it, uh it, it, never get away from it So let's let's jump into maybe just a little bit of our like rapid fire esque questions yeah. here to kind of start wrapping things up. So uh, what would be your let's see let's let's start with favorite locality. Oh, Sula, man, Sulawesi, of course. I I feel like I feel like we've already covered that enough, right? By far. Uh, Okay, maybe maybe a little bit more controversial jumping on. Uh, Lucas and myself, we both got kind of dragged into the super dwarf stuff. Are super dwarfs all hype, or are they legit? Uh, that's a tough question, honestly. So, so like, I got in, I had super dwarfs many, many, many years ago. I bought them when they first got in, because it was the new thing, right? So... I I got into retics because they're big. They're big. They're giant. They're humongous yeah. animals. That's what I like. I said everything I have. I have a Great Dane. I have a water monitor. Big retics. I drive a lifted truck. I got everything in my life is big. So like, yeah, I'm a big I'm a big guy. So I like the your big baby stuff. was born ten my, pounds. My child. <laughs> my, both my children are huge. So it's like I I wouldn't say I don't think they're hype. Um, I, I mean they are the real deal. I mean I've seen some tiny tiny animals. Um, I still would like to see, and I don't know if anyone's ever done it. I've never really, I follow it a little bit. You know, I don't follow the Super Dwarf stuff a ton, but I do follow it enough. Um, but I would like to see somebody take some of the pure stuff and, like, really hammer it with food. I really would like to see, like, I would love I'm to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I mean, what my philosophy is, is I want to maximize growth potential while keeping them a healthy weight because I want to know the maximum growth potential of all my clutches. Okay. Yeah, that's, see, that's what I, like, if I got, you know, I've looked at buying, getting back into them at the, you know, Kalatoa or something, and I'm like, if I get one, I'm going to feed it how I feed my mainland stuff, and I want to see what I could get, like, a female Kalatoa. I'm genuinely curious as, as long as you as long as you keep it healthy and you're not you're not doing it to have a because we, right. we've we've seen an 18 foot jampea but we also yeah, saw it die we also saw it die at 14 years old because it was yeah. overweight and obese and, and well, that's, sluggish that's how jim jim's were like that jim fed the hell out of his his were huge i mean i, I don't know if you guys have ever saw that seen that picture of me with the giant jam yep that, yep yeah, I, I almost mm -hmm. mentioned with the big that. fatty deposits picture. yeah it's a cool picture but yeah he fed them I, re I remember commenting is that snake gravage you're like no nah, that's fat <laughs> no it's fat but like so like my jamp i mean i fed her a lot i fed her hard but dude she was a super lean perfect beautiful animal and she was 15 feet 15 and a yeah. half feet i mean she was like this yeah. 
So, I mean, I, I would really like to try to do the same thing with, uh, with a Super Dwarf, but, you know, and I keep going back and forth. I'm going to get into them, but then I'm like, ah, I don't know if I can. It's just not my thing, and I kind of like, I, I kind of like because I feel like a lot of mainland guys do have some, re some Super Dwarf stuff, and I'm like one of the few, if only, that don't. So I kind of like yeah. being a little different and like, so, I mean, and it sucks because so many, I mean, I know that's, you're going to make more sales and do that. And, you know, as a business, you want to sell stuff, but I'm like, I also am not going to, I'm not going to just get them because it's profitable. You know, it's just, that's yeah. not my thing. You know, I, that. I yeah, if, if my you're not, not into totally, it. yeah, if you're not totally passionate about it, then why, why do it? Exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's the same philosophy as like Weston. Weston likes the big retakes. So, I mean, yep. why, why, why go the other direction just because everyone's doing it? Right. It's, I've never been one. I've never been one to follow the crowd. I've always kind of did my own thing. You know, I got so many people were giving me crap when I, when I was breeding, when I, I bred my Sula, my fur, my platy tiger and my Sula was making the crosses. And I, I had, you know, so many people were like, why would you do that? That's You're a wasting great pairing. But back then, nobody was doing that stuff. So it's like, yeah. why would you do that? Why would you waste? Why would you waste a female on that? You know, and it's, I kind of happy I did it. I just kind of followed my own my own path. But yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, but I do believe that they're they're real. I mean, I think they they're they're legit animals. So awesome, awesome, yeah. And I mean, you know, I've I've seen the same. I've seen some giant super dwarf animals, and I've seen you know stuff that stays extremely tiny so it, you really have to do your research see what you're you're working with all that stuff um all right maybe jumping away from the snakes a little bit uh but favorite favorite sport Ooh, that's tough probably football okay Let, let's get a second favorite just for shits and basketball. giggles football and basketball okay, Ooh. okay. And college or pros on on either? Pros, pros. Okay, thank you. So yes, oh, okay. I've I, never been into college basketball, and me, I've never been into too. college football. I, 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 just... I oh, played man. college, college I, football. I, I, so I played good. college. I played college sports, and I can respect college sports. But like at the end of the day, you're spending a lot of money on amateurs. Yeah. yeah okay. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I mean, I, I like. I'll be, so like, I. I Go I played, I played basketball a lot. Like I didn't play in high school. I I could have. I should have. Um, but I would never. I I I like watching football. I never played football. I should have. I mean, I like screwing around playing. But uh, I wish I would have played football more. Um, yeah, you would have yeah, made some people. I I yeah. I love I love I love everything about football. I've had a lot of friends that play football. Um, I'm injury prone a lot. I get hurt quite a bit. Like weird freak accidents. So I kind of didn't want to go that route um i, mean, I feel you on that <laughs> even basketball i've i've gotten weird oh, random oh. injuries new new okay so so another just spontaneous rapid fire question what is the weirdest injury that's happened to you so i broke my arm throwing a football that's great right here literally what? it was a, spi a spiral fracture <laughs> throwing a football yeah oh my. I, yeah i had a so we use we do a big uh like a end of the summer fest um I was in uh, soft. I was a freshman going into sophomore, and uh, we have a big end of the year fest at the town I lived in when I was a kid. And uh, we always would play tackle football. That was like everybody played. So I dropped back and I launched the ball. And when I threw it, I just remember hearing a pop, and I kind of blacked out. And when I looked down and I go to lift my arm up like this, I could see the bone. It didn't break through the skin, but I could see the bone like trying to come through the skin. And I just ran home freaking out. And they said I had a cyst on my bone. So they said it could have happened 
carrying a gallon of milk into the house, you know, and, and whatever. It was just a freak happen. accident. My, my, my weirdest injury, I had a, I don't know if you know what your, your, your flexor tendon or ligament is, but I was pulling, I was taking my baseball sock off while I was in college and I literally tore the tendon in my middle finger to that, Ooh. the tendon that keeps it straight up. So I had my finger bent completely. So literally had to wear a cast on my finger for eight weeks because I tried taking my sock off. <laughs> I, the t- I had a bad, I had a. I had a bad knee. Uh, I tore my patellar and my knee really bad doing Ooh. basketball. That would suck. Yeah. I would take a broken bone any day over the, so, the torn. So do, have you ever seen Tom Segura, the comedian, his basketball injury? No, Dude, I, I, so... no I never He did. tore his patellar tendon and then fell down with the full weight of his arm and snapped yep. whatever it's, bone it's, this it's, is up here. It's a Ooh. bad injury. Oh. Ooh. That's bad. I'll have to send that one to you, but as soon as you said patellar tendon, I was just like, oh, man. That one sucked. I I remember coming down. I went up for a rebound when I came down. I literally felt it snap, and it felt like a rubber band shooting down my leg. And I was like, oh, that's not bad. That's that. Oh, yeah. It's so bad. Yeah, Tom Tom got his on film, and as he – because he tore his on the the launch off, you can hear it snap before – before he even hits the ground. Nathan, like, are you going to oh, drop that link in the bio? I, I absolutely will drop the link to Tom Segura's injury in the bio. Because it's it, so bad. It brings, it, me, it brings me some sick joy. Oh, that one um, was probably the worst, though. I, I did not like that one. Oh, yeah, I believe it for sure. So, so real quick, Nathan, I'm going to ask the next two questions. Um, favorite team in each of those two sports? Go. Bears and Bulls gotta support Chicago. Man, my you, you're my friends. So, oh man, I was gonna ask you a kind of improv. The Bears question. suck right now, so I, I mean it's whatever. They, but it's they do support them. I, I was gonna ask an improv question, but I already know the answer to this. But just for everyone, who is the goat in basketball? Oh, MJ. I know. I, that, I didn't Come know on. that you being. There's I no even. There's no. There's no I, question. I didn't know that you being a freaking Bulls fan. Now that I know that, there's no no yeah, there's debate. There's no question. Um, I'm a Utah Jazz fan, and I still acknowledge that. Like I got yeah. to see him playing growing up. That you, yeah. you can't. Deny I got to. That. I I lived in. So I grew up in Sarasota, Florida, where where the Chicago White Sox used to play ball. And so I actually went to over a handful of Michael Jordan's AAA ball games uh, in cool. spring training games. So I actually got to watch Michael Jordan play professional baseball. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I went to his basketball camp when I was in sixth grade. That was fun. That was pretty cool. Nice. Nice. Yeah, it's. it's... All right, Nathan, you're up. Next question. All right. So, uh, let's see. Fav- favorite alcoholic beverage? I'm a beer drinker. PBR. I love my PBR. Yeah, Pabst, Okay, so you're not man. one of these craft beer boys. No. No, no, you don't, you okay. don't like the fancy. PBR, yeah. PBR the fancy I, fanciest I get is Corona. That's about there the fanciest we go. I get. PBR and P- Corona. I have All memories right. of PBR just popping them and doing shotguns. Oh, I love tequila, though. I'm a big tequila Patron guy. I love Patron. Yep, there you go. There you go. There you go. That was great. Yep, yep. That was great. Uh, all right. So uh, awesome. this this is gonna this is gonna be a loaded one. Uh, ideal enclosure size for reticulated pythons. Adult Ide- retakes. Ideally, I would love to do ten by fours. I okay. love okay. ten by four for mainlands. I would respectable. I would love it. I like that. Now, uh, given, say, like a 10 to 12 foot super dwarf, what would you say ideal enclosure size is there? 
six by three, maybe. Like it. Little, t- maybe yeah. tall, maybe do like two foot tall, you know. Cool. Yeah. So, That's if I would not like if when I win the Powerball, my plan would be I would love to go like old school Dave and Tracy Barker and do like they had these giant like twelve by twelve by giant rooms. That's what yeah. I would love to do. A whole warehouse full of those would be yep. ideal. But yeah, yeah. that would be insane. Yeah, that'd be the way to go. Yeah. All right. So if you were to go back in time and change your breeding and keeping plans, what are some changes maybe that you would make? What are some adjustments there? Um, like if you could go back in time and change anything about how you started keeping a breeding, what would you do? Man, that's a tough one. I mean, I don't know. The only thing I can, as far as breeding wise, like I would probably say, like I would have did some pairings differently. Would have, would have put me ahead a little bit further, I think. Keeping-wise, I don't know. I, I kind of I feel like I kind of evolved with the times, so I don't know if I would change anything too much there. Um, but breeding-wise, I, I, I wish I would have did, because uh, I had the first you know platinum phantom that was produced, that was for sale in the U.S. I kind of wish I would have uh, put that in the purple stuff right away. I never did that, and I really, mm-hmm. really, really regret doing that um, a lot. That's probably one of my biggest regrets, not not doing that off the bat. Should have been my first breeding, so. Yeah. Nathan, the whole back game can be the toughest, I, I yeah. think. I mean, yeah. Yeah. hindsight's all 2020. Everybody telling me, everybody telling me, you got to breed it to a purple or a purple tiger, and I was like, nah, platinum, phantom, purples are not going to be good, and this and that, and that was probably the biggest, the biggest regret I had. That, that just goes. that just goes to show your veteran status of the idea of eh, phantom, eh, right? Because <laughs> as, the the hype of phantom right now is ridiculous. But um, I'm I'm actually really excited. Uh, Nathan's trying to hit on some purple, um, some purple phantoms and possibly snow phantoms this year. Oh, so that'd be cool. That'd be very cool. Well, yeah, yeah um, we'll, we'll see. But I mean, yeah, it's I mean, for me, the phantom's always just been the the white snake thing, like. Everyone wants to have some form of that white snake in their collection. I don't care who you are if you're if you're breeding. Oh, they're awesome. They're yeah. awesome. Yeah. So before we sign out here, I want to end this on kind of like an inspirational type of way. I, I want you to give your best advice to any new keepers or new breeders that are trying to be breeders out there. Like what is the number one thing that you want to leave for people um, to, 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 to do biggest thing I think would be to ask questions. Don't be afraid to reach out to some of the, some of the guys, you know, reach out to some of the guys that have been, have been involved in the hobby a long time. And, and, you know, like I, I, I try to help out everybody that, that asks me questions, you know, so, um, don't be afraid to reach out, ask people questions, post questions on the forums, you know, be that annoying person. That's the only way you're going to learn. You're only, you're going to learn by asking questions. So, um, I, I think that's the best, the best way, you know? Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. I have people asking me questions all the time about other people's animals. And the first thing I tell them is, you know, ask, ask that person or ask, ask the person who produced the animals before them. And, and, you know, yeah, I mean, and if you have like most keeping... of the time you'll, you'll get responses and you're, you're going to get people who, who are eager to help you just because we were all in that position at one point as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, if you have like keeping questions too, ask multiple people. I always did that. I would ask five yeah. or six different people. Me too. Take a little bit from everybody and do my own thing. And you know, there's, 
you, you don't know it all. You're never going to know it all. So your best bet is just to ask as many people as possible yeah. and, and try different things and, and see what works for you. What works for me isn't going to work for you guys necessarily and vice versa. So yeah, it's, no. just, it's a lot of trial and error, a lot of, a lot of asking questions, I think. So, yeah. Awesome, man. Um, beautiful response to end that episode. Guys, I want to thank you so much for listening in on today's episode of the Reject Lounge with Jake Klotz of JK Reptiles. Jake, it was a pleasure having you on. Guys, please like, subscribe, follow, go ahead and, and engage in those comments. We love to reply back to you. Do not forget to check out our Patreon, see if that's right for you. And, um, you know, of course, always support US Arc. Um, go to their Instagram, go to their Facebook, follow, like, they like to send uh, updates in regards to um, different legislative uh, issues that are going on throughout the country. Um, that is your best bet to knowing and educating yourself on how to protect our rights. Support them, become a member, donate when you can. For those of you breeders that are out there, if you guys are not breeding any part of your profitability to U.S. ARC, reconsider really do that um and and anything else from you guys uh so yeah i mean we we've both kind of talked a little bit about us arc but jake's been in this he's a veteran in this community i want to know what us arc kind of means to you it's everything i mean they're the only ones fighting for us we have to there's so many people that are you know say stuff about us arc or you know this or that but there's nobody else out there we have to support them you know and i think phil is doing an awesome job i think he really is you know, I mean, I still remember when it was, I think it was right before the Lacey Act or right after the Lacey Act ended. I remember Phil got together, came and grabbed all of us retic guys together. There was 15, 20 of us at one of the Tinley shows and sat us down and said, this is what's going on and blah, blah, blah. And this is what we're doing. I just want you guys to hear it from my mouth kind of thing. And, you know, it's, without them, we would be screwed. There'd be nobody keeping retics. So, you nope. know, we need to support them. Like you said, I... You know, you guys always say we need the numbers, and that couldn't be more accurate. You know, the money's great and everything, but everybody needs to be a member. You know, if you keep any 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 reptile, you need to be a member. It's a no-brainer. I feel fish like. invertebrates, but, anything. Yeah, yeah, you yeah even that would help too. But especially reptiles. If you if you keep a reptile, you need or even multiple reptiles, you need to need to support US Arc. You have to. There's there's. It's, I For the price of the cup of coffee, come on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I wouldn't be sitting here with you today if it weren't for Phil and U.S. Arc. So uh, they mean the world to me. So Absolutely. please, if you're listening to this and aren't a member, become a member today. 100%. Absolutely, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out with us tonight. And we'll catch you next week on another episode of the Retake Lounge. You guys have a good night. Thanks, guys.